Curriculum Associates presents Extraordinary Educators with hosts Sari Labaris and Danielle Sullivan. Get ready to hear tips, best practices, and success stories to improve your teaching, leadership, and drive student learning. We're here for you. Hi, everyone. This is Danielle. Welcome to the Extraordinary Educator Podcast. Hey, everyone. It's Sari. Today, we are so excited and honored to be interviewing John Hattie. And we at Curriculum Associates are so excited to have Hattie join the team here, acting as a technical advisor for iReady, where he will be working to guide and strengthen the research and development of iReady assessment as we continue to innovate on where students are in their learning, what progress looks like, and how to determine next steps. John Hattie is a New Zealand education academic and is known as the world's most influential education academic. He has been a professor of education and director of the Melbourne Education Research Institute at the University of Melbourne, Australia, since March of 2011. He was previously professor of education at the University of Auckland, at the University of North Carolina, Greensboro, and the University of Western Australia. In addition to being a leading educational expert, previously John Hattie taught both middle school and high school as a classroom teacher before entering graduate studies. His research interests include performance indicators, models of measurement, and evaluation of teaching and learning. Hattie became known to a wider public with his two books, Visible Learning and Visible Learning for Teachers. Visible Learning is a synthesis of more than 1,500 meta-studies, over 90,000 studies involving more than 300 million students. According to Hattie, Visible Learning is the result of nearly 30 years of research about what works best for learning in schools. And we at Curriculum Associates are so excited to have Hattie join the team here, acting as a technical advisor for iReady, where he will be working to guide and strengthen the research and development of iReady assessment as we continue to innovate on where students are in their learning, what progress looks like, and how to determine next steps. Thanks so much for that, Danielle. So I'm sure our listeners are just as excited as we are to hear our conversation with Professor John Hattie. Before we dive in, just curious, Danielle, when was the first time that you learned about Hattie and his research? I feel like I knew about his research when I was a teacher, but it didn't really become as impactful to my professional career until I was supporting a district as part of Curriculum Associates when I worked in PD. And the district was embracing his all of John Hattie's research, and they became a visible learning district. And it was so fun to dig into the rabbit hole of research as I do, and learn the high impact strategies that result in learning and how I was really proud because working for Curriculum Associates with iReady, we really complement each other. And I'm excited to that we are in partnership with John Hattie because I feel like at iReady and Curriculum Associates, we're really thinking about what are the impacts on learning. And it's just, I've been referencing Hattie's research ever since. Gosh, eight years. What about you? I think I learned about John Hattie sophomore year of college, actually. I was a psychology and educational studies double major. So where I went to school, you don't get certified to be a teacher. The educational studies major is more learning about the history of schools in our country and the world and analyzing different types of schools and learning about uh, research that's been done on educators and students. And so I remember the first class I ever took, Professor Jack Doherty, shout out to Jack, uh, we still keep in touch today, <laughs> um, uh, called Analyzing Schools. And you basically just learn, it's like an introduction to how schools work in the country. You volunteer at a local school. But of course, Hattie's name kept coming 
over and over again, because the work that he did is so unique in that, I mean, 300 million students, that is no joke. And so you really can't argue with the validity of, of the study. And I remember it's similar to what you said, like just going into these black holes, understanding the research, because you can spend so much time digging in and learning just about one tiny piece of it in particular. And then you remember that there's all these other parts. And so I'm really excited for our listeners to hear our conversation with him today, just to think about ways that they can kind of use what he's found to think about how they plan for the upcoming school year. So without further ado, here's our conversation with Professor John Hattie. Welcome, Professor John Hattie. We are so honored and excited to speak with you today on the podcast. It's great to be here, Sarah. Our first question, I would love for you to talk a little bit more about collective teacher efficacy and explain why you think that is a highly effective strategy for educators. Oh, that, Danielle, is when you look at the evidence of the many people who have worked in this area, what I do is I collect that information, and it turns out that it is one of the highest impact strategies we know. But I have to say, it's also one of the hardest. It's not just getting teachers together in a professional community and talking. It is really about talking about their impact, talking about what growth they're making with their students, talking about their learning. And uh, we spent a lot of time in our work trying to get it in action. I have to say we struggled. Teachers often talk more about things like curriculum, about teaching, about assessment, not about their impact as a consequence of those things. And so it's moving beyond that. And so we spent some years looking at inventing a notion of student collective efficacy to see if we can understand what that looked like. And it turns out there are certain skills to get collective efficacy. Like one of the, one of the biggest powerful skills is how much turn-taking is there when you meet with other teachers? How much turn-taking is in your professional learning, in your staff room meetings? Because that's a really critical notion is having respect for other people's views and not just waiting for them to be quiet so you can have a say, but genuine turn-taking. It turns out there's building the confidence that every teacher can think aloud and bring along problems of practice to those meetings. And the hardest one, and I have to say it's the hardest one for me too, is the confidence that the group can come up with a better answer than any individual. Like Danielle and Sarah, I, I spent... 25 years of my life as a dean in a university. And I've sat in many meetings where I've said, oh, my goodness, I could do this quicker myself. I'm the problem. Others detect that. And they're quite happy for me to do the work. It's not collective advocacy. It also is really critical that the, the problem you're confronting has multiple interpretations. Too many problems come and they're closed. And I say to you, Danielle, you can't possibly understand because you're not there. This is my classroom, so let me tell you about my context first because context matters. No, it doesn't. The kid is the kid is the kid. We all own them. They all can make progress. And so collective efficacy is working together about that impact. What is? Do we have a common understanding in this school about what a year's growth looks like for a year's input? Do we have a common understanding of what – an A, B, and a C is, or whatever metric we use, do we actually use and have in these meetings test information from, from iReady? Do we have artifacts of students' work over time? Do we have an understanding of the student voice? Are we prepared to listen to the teacher's interpretation of that and provide alternative information? Are we prepared to go into other teachers' classes and watch the students learn so we can help the teachers? Like 80% of what happens in the class, you don't see or hear. How do we get that 80% better understand. This is what teacher collective efficacy 
impact about impact means. Very powerful, hard to do, but it's the right work. Thank you so much for sharing that um, and your insights there. Switching gears a bit, we'd love for you to talk a little bit about assessment-capable students. What does that mean and what does it take to create assessment-capable students as teachers think about heading back um, for the next school year this fall? Well, when we do assessment with our students, we take the line that the students own the data, the students own the assessments, and therefore it's incumbent upon us to teach the students how to interpret the results from assessments. It's not just for us, it's for them. It's their data. How do they know what they did well, what they didn't do well? How do they know where to go next? How do they know what improvement looks like? And here's the good news. Our students are obsessed with improvement. They don't want to just know what they did. They want to know how to improve, how to go on about learning. And this is where assessment can be so powerful because that's the anchor to which future learning. Unfortunately, so often, Students think assessment means the work's over. And that's not what it, the work started. And so I think we need to spend a lot more time teaching our student to be assessment capable, understanding what it means from the assessment, understanding about where they need to go next, and making them part of that equation to want to continually improve. Like they play their computer games because they want to improve them. Why is it any different in the classroom? And sometimes I think that we do use assessment as a bit of a bludgeon and say, here it is, this is what you know and you don't know, and it wasn't good enough. Wait for me and I'll tell you where to go. No, don't wait for me. Get them involved. And so we want to know, and I want to know when I come into your classroom, students, where are you up to? What is it you want to attain here? What does success looks like? What is your trajectory towards that success? And get them involved in this equation of becoming their own teachers, of becoming understanding so that they too can enjoy the improvement of classrooms. So tests to me are the starting point to have this conversation so that students are quite savvy and understand what assessments look like. And I dream of the day, and I've seen it in many classrooms where students say, I'm ready now for the next assessment to see how well I'm going, so that they see that as a joy towards moving forward and not as a weapon to tell them about what they are good or whether they're bad. I love what you just said, all of it, and especially the joy and not a weapon. I think that unfortunately happens a little too much in education. So thinking of the exhausted educators <laughs> who are at the end of their year, after they rest, of course, based on your years of experience and research, if people are looking to change, what's one next thing they can think about doing, like an actionable next step if they feel really overwhelmed and how to begin any of this critical work? Look, I'm a great fan of backward design is that, you know, as you rest over the summer and you're going to start that new year, it's not what you're going to do in the first week that matters. It's what you want the students to be after, say, nine or 12 weeks and being very clear that you've got goals, you've got stretch goals that you also have. And the students feel that from the day they walk into the classroom. This is a class where action is going to happen. This is not a class where we're all going to settle down, we're going to learn how to be compliant, we're going to learn what it means to be in this classroom. Action starts from day one, that this teacher is going to help me be a learner. Students want to know, are you fair? Are you there to help them improve? Or are you just going to label them and say, well, this is the the naughty child, this is the child that doesn't do very well. No, the, every single child in this classroom is going to grow. They're, they're going to grow from different starting points, but that's okay. It's okay from day one that errors are welcomed in this classroom, that the teacher thinks aloud. 
So I'm allowed to think aloud and understand and hear others thinking aloud. So we can generally make this a classroom where all of us are going to work towards those stretch goals. That's what I want you to think about. Now, that means, Danielle, you're going to have to do a bit of work before the end of the year and over the summer to get to know those students you're going to take on now, to pull in that information about what they've been doing over this last year so you don't don't need to know where they start but what their trajectory has been. Some people have, kids have very high trajectories, some have very low trajectories. You need to know that because that's what you're going to have impact on. And luckily, if those of you listening do use iReady, don't forget that you can export your historical data or this year's data so you can look back. And then in the fall, you'll have access to the historical data if you've been an iReady partner for more than a year. So thank you for that reminder. Before we close out, do you have any sort of parting advice or one last thing you want to say to all of the amazing teachers who are listening? Well, obviously, summer holidays are primarily about recharging batteries. So I do hope you take some time to turn off school and turn on that recharging batteries notion. I do want you, probably the most powerful thing of all is it's not what you do that matters. It's how you think. So ratcheting up those expectations of yourself and of your students so that you start already with the foot on the accelerator. And it's that fundamental notion that if you spend every day of your school life trying to understand your own impact, walking into that class and saying, my job here is to evaluate my impact, that has the biggest impact on the students. So get ready to think in those ways at the start of the new year. And let me say, A lot of you are doing that now. I invite you to spread that virus across your school that all of us collectively can make a true difference to the learning lives of our students. We appreciate you so much. We appreciate all that you're adding to the educational landscape and your time. And I think this is a real treat for our listeners. Thank you so much. That was so amazing. Thank you so much for listening to our conversation with Professor John Hattie. I hope you learned just as much as we did. And that was a professional win, I think, for both of us just to have him on our podcast. And guess what? That's a wrap, right, Sari? Yes, that is it for this season, season four of the Extraordinary Educators podcast. Thank you so much for following along, for listening, and for all of your support. We are going on two-week summer hiatus, and we will be back Wednesday, July 12th with the start of season five. So we hope you all have a wonderful summer, fine time to take care of yourself, and we are so excited to see what season five brings. Yes, please rest. And until next time, be you, be true, be extraordinary. This is it for today's episode of the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. Please leave us a review where you listen to podcasts as it really helps us reach more educators like you and make sure you subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Curriculum Asoche and on Instagram at MyIReady. If you have feedback about the podcast, a topic of interest, want to be a guest or have a question, you can email extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com. This is about you. We're here for you. So until next time, be you, be true, be extraordinary. The Extraordinary Educators podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates. Editing by Danielle Sullivan. Social media by At City Hannon. Guest booking by Sari Labaris. Music by Mark Bernstein. This podcast is copyrighted material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Curriculum Associates and on Instagram at MyIReady and send your emails to extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com. <laughs>